Michael Worth here, and welcome to episode 29 of the All Walks of Art podcast. My most excellent friend, the belligerent bassist, the volatile vocalist, the zombie bride of the apocalypse, and protector of Thomas Worthington's fertile ground near the banks of the mighty Scioto River, please welcome to the show, <laughs> Paul Ramey. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I, I should be That's... an announcer. <laughs> oh, I need, to, I need to change my Facebook uh, yeah. headline. And if anybody knows Paul, you would understand all these things I keep saying about him. They know me. So, they know me know. by now. If, if they don't know me by now. Oh, wait. You can't afford that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we can't can. do. Yeah. TV's already loud enough over there. We're going to probably have to pay somebody down in Australia for rights for whatever. But anyway, today's topics. It's almost Valentine's Day. Is that our topic? No, not really. Nobody loves me. I got no Valentine's I do have a good beer for that, though. What is it? I mean, it's being almost Valentine's Day. We have a nitro milk stout. And you're probably wondering, why is that Valentine's Day? Well, it's left hand. It's from Left Hand Brewery. You pour hard, so you know. I thought I saw a Guinness. Uh, this is getting bad. This is I'm What's getting happening? yeah cheeky cheeky. Uh, there's a couple other things I want to talk about, but let's get this beer open because I want you to see how this works. This is really important, and I know you don't like drinking a whole beer, but you got to see how this works. I'm, I'm looking. It's crazy. Ready? We are uh, we're pouring hard, folks. You're really supposed to. Yeah. It really makes it feel like you're going to make a mess, doesn't it? And you don't. This is part of the... You're supposed to do that. Yeah, you're supposed to do that. Just turn the bottle right upside down and let it all come out. Right in the... And it kind of cascades like a Guinness, so... Oh, that's cool. But Guinness has got one of them little fucking... The, thing, the capsule widgets. things in there. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, some of them do. What uh, happens if you drink that? Did it kill you? I don't know. I've had one. <laughs> I don't know. I mean the widget. Now, I, I got to be honest. When I pour my beer... I've never done it in a is it gonna fit? glass like this. Well, the glass is actually a 16-ounce glass, so it should, but it's shaped different. I, I should I should be running video on Yeah, this. you should. Because if I make a mess, I'm going to have to buy a new Magic Keyboard. Uh, oh, it worked. It actually did a little bit different. It's kind of interesting. So, uh, yeah. Nitro Milk Stout by Left Hand Brewing Company. It's America Stout. It's a 12-ounce bottle. Um Oh, it looks good. It yeah, it's it's tasty. Uh, pour at forty to forty five degrees and uh, Fahrenheit, not angle. Oh. Uh, drink at fifty to fifty five degrees in a stout glass. So you have a stout glass. I have a snifter style glass. So I'll get a little bit more aroma. Uh, but it gives you all the uh, the details on how to do it. So imagine that. That don't seem cold enough. Fifty five degrees. It it really isn't. But it does, it, it, it helps you with, see, look how nice that is. It's, That's just it such looks a great. This is going to be beer. terrible, though. I just have a feeling. <laughs> I just have a feeling this is going to be awful. Well, I had more of them, but, you know. You drank them? No, my son, he got into one. He thought it was his, and, uh, you know, so I took one of his Guinness. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Turnabout's fair play. Huh? That's right. Are we yeah. going to drink this? We are. We are. And I bet by now everybody's wondering, are they going to talk about the show, or are they going to do nothing? Well, so, this gives them time to get whatever they're doing going. Yeah, I want to talk real quick about Valentine's Day, though. Right. I really did. Because this, I mean, if if you're listening to this show and uh, you're listening to it early, um, either you're a patron because you listen, you know, you're you're early on that one. 
But at the same time, this comes out on Thursday and Friday is Valentine's Day. So I wanted to kind of, you know, get in there a little bit and think about couples in art. What, what do we know about artists, significant others? You know, I got one for you. You ready? Let's hear it. Captain and Tennille. You remember them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sonny and Cher. Love will keep us together. Do that to me one more time. <laughs> I, you know, if you're a kid of the seventies, you know, you wouldn't, you would know. Are that. they still together? The captain died. Well, captain back then. died. Yeah. Uh, don't know too much about Tennille. So actually I don't know too much about him. I, it really wasn't my style of music, but you had a good one. Who was that? Sh- Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher. I totally forgot about them. Uh, in art, uh, the wife of Rembrandt, she was, uh, in a lot of his paintings, uh, some would even say some of the other paintings, he kind of hit her in in the painting somewhere really? so that you could see her. But her name was Sashka Van Uhlenberg. Mm, Sashka. Sashka. Like yeah. Um, you've heard of Vermeer, right? Yeah. The, the Johannes Vermeer. In 1665, he painted a painting called Girl with a Pearl Earring. Oh, I'm familiar with that painting. Yeah, it was a, it was a movie. Also from a book. Um. Trying to think who was in the movie. Scarlett Johansson played the girl. Um, I'm not aware. I cannot remember the the guy's name that played Vermeer. Anyway, she uh, there's some thought that maybe she was a, a housemaid uh, at the Vermeer house. <laughs> and uh, she mixed his paint and things like that. So, uh, Is that a euphemism? Might have been, yeah. Might have been something going on there. I don't know. Who else? Who else can you think of? Offhand? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Uh, well, uh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. Oh, and the rest of the band. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. That that puts me in mind of uh, some of those memes that float around. Right. You know, uh, the one with, uh, oh, what's the country singer's name now? Uh, Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Where she. Maybe it's you. It was, it was, a, <laughs> yeah, it was a meme where she said. Uh, I'm going to write a song about a breakup and there's a picture of Stevie Nicks and she says, hold my beer. <laughs> so this ain't too bad. It's not, it's not bad at all. It's not really as uh bitter as a Guinness. I don't think, I think it's stronger. I don't know what the alcohol by volume is. I, I didn't look and I, I don't think it's on the bottle. Uh, the bass player from Lacuna Coil and Christina, mm. but then they split up while they were on tour with Slipknot and she started dating Mick from, Slipknot, I and it made that. things uh, make things very interesting on the buses. So I I'm bet. told from insiders. So. Nice that that would be difficult, but you know I don't want this show to be all about love. You know we gotta have a little bit of hate because that's what we do. Oh, I, I don't I don't know I don't want to go there. It's it's kind of it can get somber. I gotta admit I had pancakes today, and it's uh, with a green monster. Probably what the not. What was wrong with you, dude? I know. Probably not a good mix. And my gut health is not real good you right think? now. You need a tapeworm suck some of uh, that. I know. But I, I want to talk uh, real quick about this week in history. Because that's something I like to do. 1866. Jesse James holds up his first bank. His first one. It's just like, you know, hey. Well, the first one they know about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Right. Do you reckon if. Uh, if he uh, 
I, I don't know. Would you think if maybe they treat him a little bit better in school, maybe he had an art class, he probably wouldn't have turned to chaos and crime? <laughs> possible. <laughs> that's possible. I, uh, I don't There's a lot of hate on the internet lately. And that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking about this. There's just so much going around the internet. I don't want to go there. But uh, 1633... Italian astronomer Galileo Galilei arrived in Rome for a trial for guess what? Heresy. Well, he was professing the earth revolves around the sun. Can you believe that? 1633, we were still, you know, accusing people of witchery because they were thinking of things. Well, 16 is pretty far back, though. It is, I guess. I mean, we're still doing that. And we were still killing them in the 1800s, I believe, weren't we? (laughs) Probably. Uh, the longest sentence published by the New York Times, 1981. Can you believe how long this sentence is? I can't. I, I thought it was a, a misprint. There's no way that a sentence can contain as many words. It looks as like this. a paragraph, does it? Oh yeah. At least. What's it Just about? throw a, I don't know. They didn't publish that part. It's a good thing they didn't. They probably didn't have enough room in the paper to write about it, but just take a guess. How many words, the longest sentence? 56. It, Oh, no. No, you're way off. 120. Oh, even more. How can you have a sentence that I long? don't know. I'm, Why is, I'm really what's the trying point to, of this? I don't know. Well, 1,286 words. Man, that's like a blog post, man. That's that's like, you know. This is why we get 132 characters on Twitter or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. I just, that blew my mind. 1981. I mean, somebody's English teacher was probably pulling her hair out. I, I, or his hair, I should say. Yeah, don't be sexy. Now these next two, these next two things in history relate more to the arts, and I'm really, really excited about the, these because this one I didn't even know about. 1961, Frank Sinatra, ready, launched Reprise Records in order to allow more artistic freedom for his own recordings. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, it led to other uh, artists, you know, joining Reprise Records and, and things like damn. that. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, so kudos to Frank Sinatra. And then, close to my heart, Friday the 13th, 1970, Black Sabbath released their debut self-titled album. Been listening to a lot of Sabbath on Sirius. Yeah. They've been talking about their their beginnings and yeah, yeah. stuff's been interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're I mean, 1970 was a long time ago. It is. I wasn't born yet. Mm-mm. And I had to bring this one up because Let's hear it. You, you know how much of a, a fan I am of Edgar Wright. Oh yes, the uh, the director, movie maker, extraordinaire, uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. They were in a movie called Hot Fuzz. Yeah, seen it. Great movie. It is good. One of the Cornetto uh, trilogy movies. So we, I wish we could get Cornettos here. The the closest thing we can get is like a Nestle drumstick. We should do that one episode. Get Nestle drum drumsticks. Oh yeah, eat them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, need to go get uh, a nice milk stout. Yeah, thirteen years ago, uh, on this weekend, I think it's February nineteenth or sixteenth. I think is the the actual date that movie was released thirteen years ago in the UK. Now, I didn't come to the United States until April sometime. I, I don't know the actual date in April, but a lot going on in history makes me think. You know, right. makes me think about this episode. You know, there's a lot of people making art. And they're really putting it out there, and there's all kinds of, you know, just creative stuff going on. 
And do you think any of these creative people were ever considered a fraud for what they were doing? I'm sure. I mean, I don't think that changes. I think there's always going to be someone that's critical of what you're doing. There's going to be somebody that's jealous of what you're doing. And there's going to be somebody that don't understand what you're doing. So I think part of that is, you know, you're a fraud, you're a sellout, you're, you're something. Yeah. I mean, but we're talking about them and we're not talking about the people that we're not talking about their critics right now. So true. True. I mean, looking at the Frank Sinatra thing with starting the record company, does that make him any less of a musician, uh, a vocalist? Uh, because I think so. Because he was making money at this. That's that's something I, I guess I have an ulterior motive here. Um, I struggle a little bit with if I want to be known as a painter. I don't really want to have a day job somewhere else, or in my case, an evening shift job. Yeah. Um, I want to be known as a painter. It's I want to go to my studio, I want to paint, and want to sell art. Um, if I teach sell books, uh, affiliate marketing, which is the new kind of way of making money on the internet these days. Um, do podcasts, do podcasts. Yeah. All these creative things that we do, does that make me less of a painter or should I say artist? And, and I, I, that's where I start feeling like there's a, excuse me, a little bit of a scrutiny among people who are looking for success and they see somebody else who's successful and they think, well, unless you make 51% of your income from the sale of your art, then you're not really an artist. You're more of a teacher or you're more of a this or that. And I don't know. I, I, Anything I think, that you do that it is not related to your craft is something that in a way it dilutes what you're doing. I don't think there's a way around that, but it also enhances what you're doing. So it kind of, I, I think it takes with one hand, it gives with the other. Mm-hmm. You got to, all these other experiences can help fuel your, fuel your art. But I mean, I guess if you, if you boil it right down to the, the base of it, yeah, there's something pure, I guess, about going off into the woods and shutting yourself off from the world and just creating. But mm-hmm. are you going to be able to create uh, something that, that changes or or something that is broad by just closing yourself off i i don't think so but you know if, if you're if you're producing records and you're running a, a record label the time you're spending doing that is time that could be spending making music and writing and it, there's nothing around that but if you're doing something that is going to allow you more creative freedom when you go to do that, then it balances itself out. Mm. That make any sense? It does. And I think creatives in general have a, um, kind of a ADHD mentality when it comes to creation, you know, everything kind of draws their attention whatever's new, whatever's something that excites them, you know, might get them out of a, a rut, so to speak, or maybe, uh, kind of drives them to try something new and, and, and it actually kind of leads to new work without a doubt, you know, uh, my photography years really led to, uh, a lot of different things. It, it led to honestly, it led to this podcast because the idea of recording video for my art, uh, recording some YouTube channel videos, 
I noticed that I was lacking in audio quality. So I thought, well, I know enough about audio. This shouldn't be this hard. Why does my audio suck so bad? So I thought, well, if I start a podcast, I'll learn a little bit more about audio and trying to get my voice to sound better. Right. And uh, that's kind of really where this started from. It was like, well, let's just use this to, to do that. And I, I understand that YouTube is not uh, my art. You know, this podcast is not my art. But I find that the more I talk to other artists and the more we do these podcasts, the more my, my brain starts thinking about things that go well beyond the easel. And beyond the easel. That'd yeah. Be, that'd be a good name for that. A, would be a good for name. A post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to remember that. But it, it does. It goes well beyond that. And it, it becomes just part of my universe as an artist. And I, that's where I think it's okay for an artist to have these other tentacles as part of their, Oh, no doubt, you know, their creative process because it, it adds, you know, if, if you don't have to hire a photographer to do your content that you need to share with others because you're a good photographer, that doesn't mean you're less of a painter. It just means that you have another skill that you can apply to your business. That's the way I see it. That's true. But I will say to play devil's advocate, I'm I'm kind of on a creative high right now. I was in the studio last night, my home mm -hmm. studio, working on some stuff, and and I want to get, I want to eventually, kind of have my own little local label and uh, record bands and and put out some um, discs on my imprint. You know, that's mm -hmm. very, not really as much to make money, but just to try to help some other artists that don't right. have access to this stuff kind of get out there. And I'm still learning. I'm a little ways away from being able to do that. But when I'm trying to do both, I'm, I'm trying to be the artist and I'm trying to um, produce and I'm trying to be the engineer. It, uh, it saps my creativity pretty quick. And, yeah. and as I get, sometimes I need that, I need that help. I need a springboard or I need somebody to say, Hey man, that's no, that's good enough. Or nah, you, you can do that a little bit better. Um, I'm really good at that with my bandmates and, mm -hmm. and other people when, when I'm working on stuff and when I'm doing, doing it myself, I can never really tell sometimes if it's good enough. And sometimes I'll just say hell with it and it's not good enough. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a little bit of a double edged sword. And then if you're trying to get a sound and I'm just not quite smart enough, not quite there yet, mm -hmm. it's like, man, I'm, I wish I had somebody else to fiddle with these knobs while I'm sitting here trying to do that. And it's, it's, uh, I run out, I run out of steam really quick doing that. Yeah. Most, but I did get some work most done definitely. Last I, I think you touched on something there that really makes a lot of sense for me uh, and probably would for our listeners that, you know, sometimes having a team is better because you don't have to be good at everything. No. You know, you just have to really excel at one thing and then you find the people that are good at the other things. And, you know, I, I by no means mean that, you know, in my case with a, with a camera or whatever, that I have to be this or that. It's just that I really hope that I can stay pretty, um, pretty much a one man band. Right. Because it's just easier. I'm, I'm faster. I'm uh, more mobile. I can do the things I like to do. And when I start looking at employees or people to help me out or teammates, I start thinking, I got to, I got to do this. I got to do that. And it just, 
that's what zaps me. It becomes less of a artistic endeavor and more of a corporation. Right. And that I hate that. I think it's, it's different with photography and with bands, I think because, or painting, because it is at the end of the day, it's nice to have somebody maybe help get you set up, get you ready to go. Um, and you know, a photographer can definitely use all the, all the help they can get the lights set up, mm-hmm. doing this and that. That way, they can just focus on getting a shot and and you know, getting mm-hmm. everything just right. But with a band, that's why you got you got guys like Prince or Lenny Kravitz are really good at at doing this kind of thing by themselves. But then you have other guys like Mustaine from Megadeth that is just better if he's got somebody that can call him on his bullshit when he's writing songs. Um, I think it just depends on the person, but by and large, you're always better off if if you have somebody that is at least a a thirty percent partner that can help keep you in check. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I, there's lots of times I wish I had somebody filming me because it'd make it easier, right? You know, these podcasts. If we had a producer, it'd be fantastic because they could focus on making sure things are going as they're supposed to go. There's lots of times. I'll listen back to an episode and I'll start to go through the edits and I go, Oh, we didn't touch back on that. We didn't go back and talk about this or that. And I probably should make a list of the things that we never really completed and maybe make those part of another show. That might be something good. I don't know. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's a whole lot there. And, And I do think people, especially the trolls, they pick up on the, uh, the fraud part or at least they they manipulate their words to make it look like you're a fraud, you know. And it, I I see it all over the internet. There was a uh, a gentleman I won't mention any names yesterday on Twitter that was getting hammered on for being too preachy, and uh, the guy's very successful. It just tears me up. He's he's got nearly half a million subscribers on YouTube. He teaches other people how to do things on YouTube and I'm probably giving too much away. I'd, I'd say most of my inner circle friends know who I'm talking about now, but um, it, it's, it just, it pisses me off really. I mean, I just, I want to go out and beat somebody's ass because they don't get it. it. It's like they'll come at somebody because they think, well, you're just throwing this stuff out there and you're being transparent. You know, that's just preachy. You're bragging. And it's no, he's just very transparent and wants to help people understand these are the real numbers. There's no trying to defraud somebody over this is how much you can make from YouTube. Right. It's this is how much money I make from YouTube and this is how I pay my bills. And it's that's, awesome because there's doing. not enough people that let that, let oh, that yeah. information out. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic because it. I think there's a lot of truth in if you see somebody else doing it, it really makes it attainable for you. It's 100%. You know, you start going... You know, before the first guy climbed Mount Everest, everyone thought it was too high, you know, and then somebody did it and then somebody else did it. Now there people have died. I get that. But with each ascent and descent, we learn more. Right. And it becomes more possible. Maybe that first guy really was the one who um, had the most trouble because nobody nobody had done that before. He didn't have a template. He was making the exactly. template as he went. Exactly. So that leads me into the next part of this show. Good and bad critique. 
or should I say critique versus criticism? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, sometime in your life, someone will just not like your shit, you know, and how do we deal with that as creatives? How do you not let that get into your psyche and completely ruin what it is you're trying to do as a creative? I've never had that. Everybody's loved everything I've ever done. No. <laughs> you're lovable. No, <laughs> no it's a, uh, it depends. It depends on, on you. Mm-hmm. It depends on the, the person that is giving you the, the critique. It depends on the time. I think it depends on a lot of things on, on how you take it. Um, I got a, now in my, you know, midlife, I have a uh, philosophy on it. I, I'll give somebody a CD or somebody, um, I talk about if they like music that I think that maybe something I'm doing fits in. I get, I let them check it out or I give it to them and, and I get irritated if somebody says, uh, oh, well, I'll give you a review or I'll give you a, cause I don't, I don't really care, honestly. Right, right. Um, I want everybody to like everything I do. I mean, that is, I mean, mo- I think everybody yeah, really feels like that. Yeah. Or you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't show it to anybody. Yeah. That's human nature. Yeah. But I, I don't get offended if somebody doesn't like it. So I don't really like this. It's not for me. I got no problem with it. I usually, anytime I hand out a disc and, um, I'm not sure if they'll like it or not. I always say the same thing. It's like, Hey, if you don't like it, give it to somebody who you think might use it for a coaster. I don't get offended. Not everybody likes Zeppelin because right. everybody don't. And exactly. I don't like, I don't care for the Beatles. Exactly. That doesn't make the Beatles wrong. Right. That don't make me wrong. That's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do have a problem with is if somebody says, Oh, well, that sucks. And not necessarily to my own music, but but when I hear it, and I, I do that yeah. sometimes, but I try really hard not to, because if somebody else really enjoys it and and they like it, it's your way of throwing a wet blanket on them for the, the liking them and trying to shame them. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I like right. I like Slayer. I like NSYNC. I like, uh, <laughs> I do. I like, I like different, I like things yeah, that yeah. I like. There's yeah. songs I like. There's songs I don't like. There's right. bands I love. There's bands I don't love. Right. But just because I don't like it does not mean it sucks. Just because you don't like Jackson Pollock. Exactly. I was going that, to say this has to come up. That this. doesn't mean that Jackson Pollock sucks necessarily. Now, let me, it means let, you me don't inter- like it. let me interlude. Let me, let me just interject here because this is really important. We have to choose our words carefully because this is, this is really, I got to be clear. I don't, dislike Jackson Pollock. I don't know him. I, I don't know. I think you dislike him. Let's if we can have our fact checker pull all of the <laughs> clips from the last twenty nine and a half podcast. I uh I don't understand how the art got where it is. That that's my big thing. It just kinda and it does get under my skin a little bit. You know, it's like really it's that's well, it's all like it does. that with black metal with me. You listen to that and they, they go they purposely lo-fi record it and it's just like man this just sounds terrible right right people love it now on nickelback there's really no reason to hate nickelback i mean i'm going to say it out loud i you know um my biggest reason for not liking nickelback is i I just think their lyrics are very cliche and uh, they make people feel good and people shake their ass yeah i don't like nickelback per se but there's some songs of theirs that i that i think are good yeah yeah i mean you know it 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 goes the same way with them. I mean, there's a lot of bands like that. I, I hear Black Sabbath songs. There's a couple of those. I just think, well, what? What yeah, is well, this? Well, just you know? How much LSD was you on when you wrote that? But, <laughs> right, right. 
But the thing is, just because you and some of those songs is that's somebody else's favorite song. Yeah. So just because you think it sucks, yeah, that doesn't mean it sucks. It means you don't like it. And I think we as artists, yeah, I, I think, on on this show, Jackson Pollock and Nickelback are the butt of a joke. That's really right. the most of it, right there. So I mean, if if anybody's really taken heavy criticism to our show because of that, then they they just don't know us. It doesn't. If <laughs> if it makes like Jackson Pollock doesn't move me, okay. But if it's obviously moved somebody else, somebody else has seen that and and felt, I don't get it. Right. But if it means something to them, then it's valid. And I think we have we as artists, when we're when we try to take our artist hat off and we're listeners or we're art enthusiasts and um, we're just trying to be enjoyers of what's around us, I think we have a a um, responsibility. I say even a duty to try to choose our words carefully and we can look at something and say, well, I would have went in a different direction. Um, it doesn't speak to me. I don't really like that, but to say it sucks yeah, or say yeah, it's invalid, I think, I think especially us, yeah. it's our job not to do that. Right. And, and I'm guilty of that too. And I have to, and those are criticisms. That's, that's what I'm getting at here. When, when someone looks at something and they just, they don't like it, for any other reason other than their own personal taste, that's a criticism. A critique is to me is more of a, Hey, this is what you can do better with your skills, with your style. I think that it's important to, um, there's a big difference on those is if you're asked for it or if you just start giving them yes. your, your critique yeah, 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 or your absolutely. criticism or your review. I think that's yeah. extremely disrespectful it, it is but because artists, i didn't i didn't ask you i didn't add, you know if if i come off stage and there's somebody else there and then they want to say hey uh you know if your songs are too long or your songs are too short or yeah. or uh i i don't like your bass tone or or you should have played lower longer man fuck out of here with that right, I, right i don't care but if i if it's somebody i respect or it's somebody yeah it's like hey yeah uh, you know what you think you know you got anything for me on that right yeah well you know you you uh you know, you're too low on under the solo. It kind of right. kind of made that get muddy. It's like, man, I never really looked at that like that. That might be there might be some good stuff in there. There might be something you can right, you can right. add to your writing. But I, I think that if you're gonna let your ego get the most of you that you gotta try to critique somebody else's work when you aren't asked. Yeah. yeah you need yeah, just you yeah. need to take a look at yourself. And to me that's where good education comes in too, because uh I I have always felt that you're not when you go to college or um, maybe an atelier type system for painters or Juilliard for the arts, you're not necessarily going there to learn how to do it because you're clearly already doing it. You're going there to get qualified critique to improve what you're already good at. Right. You know, you're not going to get into Juilliard as a hack. You're just not. I mean, you're already pretty damn good to get there. Um, I can't say the same for colleges and some ateliers, but you know, it, it's, there's an aptitude there. And if you go, that's what you're paying for. Right. You know, is the critique. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at it as grades if you want, but it's, it's, you're really there to learn from somebody. So if you don't respect the instructors, don't go there. 
because you're not going to learn anything. You're going to learn what how to be them when you're just not really digging it. I, I hope I'm making sense there. I, we could be getting off on a tangent. No, I but, hear you. Um, critique, uh, and, and you brought up something that made me think too. If, if you're coming off stage and someone praises your work, does it go the same way? You know, is it, I don't really care what this guy thinks, you know, or, you know, it's almost like we're willing to take positive reinforcement, but not negative. That's human nature. I yeah. Think, but but and, I and think you got to, you can't believe, I, I think that we as artists, we also, we cannot get too high on, you can't get too high on the highs, can't get too yeah, lows on the absolutely. lows. Absolutely. And I, I love that. Yeah. I love that somebody loved my music or, or somebody will look at, at some of the, like some of the pictures that we have that, that you took for, um, you know, our pseudo album mm-hmm. cover for um, Grimstone or, mm-hmm. or the, you know, the album cover you did for MG Flash and people love that. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. And, and they do love that. And just like, like with the music, if somebody's telling you how great your music is or how great your art is, they might be somebody that likes a bunch of other stuff that you hate. And it's like, how much of their opinion <laughs> are you? You know, Nickelback might be their favorite band <laughs> and here, you know, and they just love you. So I, I think you can't get, you can't get too excited, but you're glad that somebody had that kind of reaction. And I've been in bands before where um, people's been, in, you know, they've come and, and seen it and, you know, heavier bands and they just weren't into that. Maybe they came out to the bar thinking there was some other band playing and, yeah. and then we've started and I've been up there screaming my guts out and, you know, they've been very upset visibly by that. And I, I kind of like that too. You know, I got a reaction. My art elicited a reaction instead of they just sat there indifferent. So that's good too, but it's not something I'm not going to take their critique of my band um, to heart because they're not into that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also need to say that as, as creatives, we, we got to have, we really have to have a thick skin. You know, you, I've never met a successful artist that didn't have a thick skin. Uh, I, I really think there's a lot of people who just got cut down because they didn't have thick skin and they quit. They just, I can't do this. You know, I gotta, I gotta do this instead. And that's so unfortunate, but the, the honest to goodness truth is you're going to hear bad criticism. You're going to hear good criticism. You're probably not going to get the critique that you deserve. Um, I would say welcome any kind of debates. Um, you know, I enjoy a spirited debate. Oh, hell yeah. I if love it. If it's respectful. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, well, because, because I don't, because it's no good because I don't like it. Yeah. I prefer a debate that makes me think that maybe I was wrong. I love it. You know, because then I can go back and go, well, yeah, if I've got to figure out why I said what I said, then, you know, now this isn't permission to come at me, you know, <laughs> on Twitter or anything like that. But uh, it really makes me scratch the itch more. You know, it's like, oh, I got to figure this out. I got to have a reason for why I said right. that. 100%. And it just reinforces, it'll either say I was wrong or I was right. But at least it might let you see where the other person's coming from and might, yeah. might get you look at the topic, the art, uh, your technique might make it make you look at it a little bit different, even oh, yeah. if you throw it out. Yeah. But I do have to, uh, I got to come back to a point, something you just said, and I have to disagree with you as as much as I've ever disagreed with you about mm-hmm. anything. I, I don't think 
that we as artists have to have thick skins because we really don't. It's not that we have thick skin because that's that's given the illusion that this stuff doesn't bother us and doesn't affect us. As artists, we are very thin skinned and we take everything in so that we can reflect that in our art. It's not as much about not letting that get to you because criticism, I, I think most of us, the kind of backgrounds that we come from and the artists that, that, that we know most of them, that they, a, a lot of us come from a, you know, wanting to be accepted and, mm -hmm. and being insecure about things. And man, the, the criticism, man, it hurts. It, it gets to you. It's not about being thick skinned and it's about taking it and not letting it, not letting it, um, control you. It's about, you know, letting it hurt in a moment mm -hmm. and then rising through that and pushing through it. But it's not so much about putting up a shield and just, you know, uh, deflecting it. It's more about absorbing it and putting it back, back in. And the ones that, that couldn't handle that, they, they couldn't do that. They couldn't channel that. You channel that criticism. You you channel that hate back into your art, man. And it just, it fuels you. <laughs> Said like a true metalhead. No. You uh, channel yeah, that hate. You do. <laughs> you do. Most of my best songs and my best writing has been when yeah. when I've had that criticism and 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 I was nothing and I'm never going to do anything. And yeah. and I think about that and, and that visceral kind of, I'll show you or, you know, yeah. I'm going to do this, man. You use that, you use it. And you well, just, maybe, it's maybe, how you handle, it's how you get up from the hits. Maybe the, yeah, maybe the thick skin phrase isn't the best to use. Uh, Cause I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, you, you're not putting on armor every day cause you know, you're going to get beat up. It's, that's not where I'm going with this. Um, I just think you have to be prepared because yeah. everybody's going to come at you, you know? They're they're gonna they're gonna hurt your feelings, really. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way of saying it. They're gonna they're gonna tell you you suck, and they're not gonna have, again criticism, not critique. They're gonna come at you and say you suck when they have no authority on it to even understand if you do or don't. You know, just like me saying Nickelback sucks, I don't really have the authority to say they do because I'm not in the music industry where I hire and fire bands, right. You know, and they've made a hell of a lot more money than I have off of their art. And even if you do, I mean, there's, you know, there, Casablanca passed on Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, right. So, exactly. I mean, exactly. So, I mean, it, it just, it, to one the other, you know what I'm saying? And what is it they say? It takes uh, seven positives to to negate one negative. If somebody oh, says really? something, something, I mean, it's an old, it's an old thing that supposedly come from a, a, a study, but... Regardless, it's it's you know out in the popular, you know it's out in the world. It's accepted as a as a truism. I didn't. But know that. if somebody gives you a a negative comment, it takes seven positive comments to to reset your brain and that. So I mean, you think about that. You're going to have you're going to have a lot of negatives in your life, and yeah. and you're never going to have enough positives to outweigh that. You just have to believe in yourself. You have to yeah. believe in in what you're doing. And you also have to be humble enough that to to accept um, some criticism, even if you, you know, constructively that you might be able to do something better. Yeah. Even if you take that and you don't do anything with it. But if someone tells you, hey, if you if you used wider brushes and you did shorter strokes, this might, you know, I, I think I'd like this better. Or this right. would be you're like, man, what the hell are you talking about? I've been doing this for years. This is how right. I like doing it. But if you think, 
well, maybe on this, maybe I would. You can't be afraid of learning, of, of learning yeah. something that might make you yeah. better just because of your ego gets in, in on. Yeah. So, yeah, we, some of my better artistic training uh, in terms of fine art, you know, drawing and painting, uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of critiques and we did them regularly. It was uh, not only did the uh, people putting on, or the instructor, I should say the instructor putting on their critique monthly or quarterly, I can't remember what, what it was, but um, not only would they go through and, and chew you up, and I say chew you up because they were, it was, it was a valuable critique. You know, it was. But was it brutal? It can it be. Felt, felt yeah, sometimes way. it can be. Yeah. Sometimes it was good, but most of the time it was pretty brutal. Um, but then you had the rest of us in the class doing the same thing to each other. You'd go from picture to picture to picture or painting to painting to painting or drawing, whatever. And not only did you learn how to accept critique, you learned how to give it in a good way, you know, or a great way. Um, you just couldn't say that sucked, you know, right. You had to look at it and say, yeah, this bothers me. The composition's not right. Or, um, what made you decide to do that when that breaks so many rules, which artists break rules all the time. And you, you kind of realize you develop this, um, way of looking at work and kind of developing this, this whole process of saying what is acceptable, what's not acceptable and moving on. Maybe that's why I have so much trouble with a lot of abstract art. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't like it. It, it just seems right. lazy to me. And, and that's the best word I can use. Abstract art just looks lazy. It's like, throw some paint on a canvas and be done with it. Right. Uh, that's my critique of it. Does that make it right? No, it just means that my personal choice is that I think it's lazy. I think it's not something that uh, adds value to the craft. And I, I know people would disagree with me on that. But are you purposely finding these artists on Twitter that do that and tell them how terrible they are. Oh no. Right. No, no. Cause again, it goes back to what you said. Uh, when, a, when an artist doesn't ask for your critique, don't give it, you know, it just, just don't do it. They're they're They wouldn't ask me for my critique because they know I don't like it. Right. Right. <laughs> um, not to say that they wouldn't ask somebody just to try to figure that out. I don't, I don't know. It's, this is where critique and criticism really, this is where it becomes a hard subject to really break down and say, is it valuable really? Because as a creator, who the fuck cares what somebody else thinks of your work? Right. You know, the, the, the bottom line is somebody who's buying it has to like it so they can share it with their friends. Right. And then if they get critiqued for buying it, then, oh, well, it's not your problem, really. <laughs> I, I right. hate to say it that way. And I think if, if there is a little bit of a duality there, because if, if you post something on social media, I'm not, I'm not posting things on there. Like I posted a new song on there, and it's, it's rough, and, and I hit some wrong notes, and I'm trying to get to the point where, well, it's, it's not, I don't typically like to post 
unfinished products, but when I'm doing it live, it's just, it's just kind of, it's in the moment. And I didn't, I didn't post that on there, um, to get, you know, critiqued on it, mm-hmm. but you know that something, if you put it out there, that that is a possibility that somebody's oh, yeah. going to say yeah. something negative or whatever. And I mean, I can handle that to uh, an extent, you know, yeah. but it's different than if you're getting together with some like-minded people or, right. or you're putting, you're entering a contest or, um, you know, you're putting yourself out there for that. So you just have to kind of turn the knob on your, on your, well, this is, this is how much, this is how serious I'm going to take this. This is how much I'm going to allow this to get into my psyche. But if, if you listen to everything, if you listen to all the noise and you can't filter out what you need, I mean, it will make you, it'll make you go crazy. It makes you second guess what you're doing. And that's paralyzing for Mm -hmm. an artist, no matter what kind of uh, medium that you're using. This, this kind of goes along with a, a blog post I just put out. Uh, try not to plug my own stuff here very much, but I really think, um, you know, social media in and of itself for creatives, we, we typically follow people like us, similar to our work, you know, we, or something we admire or get inspired by. And I think a lot of creatives have the misconception that if they put their work out there, that their customers looking at it. Right. And they got 15,000 followers. So that must mean they have 15,000 fans, 15,000 customers. Right. When in reality, they might not have, well, in reality, they don't have that many that a lot of those are fellow artists who are just interesting, interested in what they're doing. And that's where trolls exist. You know, you start getting into somebody who might be a little jealous of what you're doing, but they follow you because they want to see what you're doing. That's just how troll mentality works. Right. They they can't they can't get away from looking at other people and being jealous. And that's what it all is. It all boils down to jealousy. They're just absolutely jealous that you're doing something they can't do. And I'm going to say it like that again. You're doing something they can't do. Right. You know, so they have to bring you down. They criticize, not critique. They criticize your ability, where you're at. They say things like you preach instead of teach or whatever, you know, back to my friend on the internet. They, they say things that are just hurtful because it makes them feel better. It's personal attacks rather than, yeah. than uh, academic. Yeah statements about the the art itself so we have to understand that when we put ourselves out there on social media we're not really getting the client base that we're after you know it it does Mm -hmm. work a little different for music i know that because you you, you're putting music out there that people can listen to over and over again they they enjoy it and and uh they want to hear it they want to see what you're doing and it works that way for artists too i get that but you know, if I put a painting up on Instagram, the likelihood of me selling that painting to anybody on Instagram is pretty low. And and I would say that's true for anybody who does that. Um, I know there's exceptions to that rule and there's, there's people who do have pretty good followings, but even listening to other podcasts and um, art world professionals that I listen to on a regular basis... You really have to, as far as a visual artist go, 
you really have to be somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand or more followers on a platform, not, right. not all of them combined, a platform to even get to the point where you're selling anything to anyone. And that takes me full circle back to being a fraud. You know, when you put this stuff out there, I'm not saying you are a fraud. I'm not, I'm not going there with anybody listening saying that, Oh, you're just putting stuff out there. You're, you're faking it until you make it. You know, that that's not where I'm going. I, I really, I kind of hate that phrase too, but um, you're, <laughs> I'm just going to say it like this. You're not a fraud because you're, you're trying to do what you do as a creator. Right. And you make creations of things. And you're using the tools that's at your disposal to yeah, try to yeah, get out just, as many people as possible. You're, yeah. You're trying to get some exposure, which, um, not all exposure is created equally. I still think people need to pay for ads. I really do. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I, I just don't think we can make it in this world without paying for it. Right. You know, you're, you're going to have to get it out there. Exposure isn't going to make you rich. That's, you know, no, no amount of exposure. Yeah. I've tried, I've done a lot of gig exposure gigs and it didn't put gas in my tank. That's right. Sure. Right. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just the way it goes. But I, I think as a creator, and we're getting close to being able to wrap this show up. I, so I, I want to leave you with some, some points of thought that I want you to really kind of take with you. Um, you know, when you're putting yourself out there, understand that you're going to get cr- criticism. You should ask for critique from people who you admire and respect and who will give you a good, honest critique. You know, um, I also don't think you are a fraud if you do other things to make money. Meaning if you're a painter, go ahead and teach, give a workshop about painting, you know, um, do some of these other things that, you know, bring in some money, affiliate marketing. You know, the, the goal here is in my mind, I want to make enough money from things that pay me while I'm asleep that when I go to make a painting, the pressure's off. Right. I can paint whatever I want to paint. I don't have to worry anymore about what my customer wants in terms of commissions. I don't have to wait for that person to say, hey, I need you to do a painting of my my bratty son who won't sit still, but I need you to come over and do it anyway. And then when you get it done, I'm not going to like it. You know, <laughs> I've never had that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say it that way, but it's, it's just, you know, you want to have the freedom to create what you want to create. Right. And that is true freedom. When you're making enough money to do what you want to do and create what you want to create, that's awesome. So if that makes you a fraud, I say be a fraud. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any other way of saying it. Any closing remarks, Paul? I got one, but maybe I'll save it for next time because I don't want to get go down a rabbit hole here. But Okay. That just made me think. No, it's just, <laughs> I, I wonder if, you know, being a, being an artist, being a musician, if that makes you unable to enjoy things without critiquing them, <laughs> you know, just being that yeah. it's, I've gotten better over the years, but I remember there was a time I couldn't listen to a song on the radio without, well, listen, he's doing this part here and the guitar's yeah. doing this and it just totally ruins the experience. And as I've gotten older, 
I've, I've kind of come full circle and been able to listen to music again. And I kind of, I, I hearken back to the days before I was a musician and how much I enjoyed it and yeah. how I didn't know what the hell magic. was going on. Was I didn't magical. know what was going on. Yeah. yeah. It was just, and I, I wonder if sometimes we don't need to work hard, take ourselves out of it instead of looking at a painting and, and seeing the strokes and seeing the colors that he mixed together to do this, just enjoy the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Find just, find just that moment where you can thing. look at it. Just be oblivious to why. Just you like it. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard it to look hard. at a photo when you know that. Oh, well, that was probably with this, you know, X thirteen lens, and, right. and he he had the shutter speed at <laughs> at at three point seven gigahertz. Obviously, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. No, but, but it's fun to listen to it. But uh, <laughs> but you got to be able to do that, and I think that it's it's our job as artists to, to work hard to not do that so that we can enjoy art because part of being artists is not just creating art. It's enjoying art as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we forget that. That's, that's a good point. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's enjoy it's there it. for us too. It's not just there for us to create. Wow. Yeah. I, that is tough because I can't watch a film at all without looking at the cinematography. I have to understand the lighting. I have to. It takes you, it out, kills takes me. you out of the experience sometimes. It does. And, and uh, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, you brought up a whole nother can of worms <laughs> here. <laughs> and the topic for our 45th show will be this, but I gotta, I gotta look at this. This uh, I don't know. Right what are you, now, what are you reading? I, it was something on Discord there in the lounge. I wanted oh. to. Uh, I'll just skip. Are it we live? Now. No, we're oh. not live. <laughs> just, we're not live. Um, but no, we can sum that up there with that. Just, just make a make a point. You know, this week to go out and to, to look at something and yeah. just and just enjoy it and don't worry about don't worry about how they did it yep. or why they did it or just enjoy it. Listen to it. Yeah. Look at it. Feel it. And That's good appreciate stuff. it. That's good, good stuff. That that's that's our assignment. We need to do that. Let's pick one thing, and let's just in, just sit back and listen to it. Yeah, look at it, yeah. enjoy it. And feel if, it. if you uh, if you haven't got something for your significant other for Valentine's oh, Day, yeah. you you got a couple hours. And you know what else would be nice? Yeah, a a, a beautiful one off Michael Worth painting would be great. <laughs> would be great for your Valentine. Don't be afraid to play yourself. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you could, hi- you could hire me to come and do acoustic songs. Yeah, there. that would be awesome. We could put you on the podcast, even. Yeah, we'll do a little little serenade by podcast. Oh well, Paul, this has been fun. We got uh, some new gear here in the studio. Did it work? Did we record? I our, hope our, back- so. our backup's not working. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with the backup. It, the battery seems to be working. I think I just got the wrong. Uh, I think I got the wrong cord. I probably got a TRRS instead of a TRS. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I, I didn't look. Well, some I, don't, people, I don't want to unplug anything because it's liable to make a crackle noise. I call it a Kaiser Blade. Some people call it a sling blade. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like this setup though, you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk about that some other day. So yeah, if you're listening and you enjoyed the podcast, make you, sure you leave us something that lets us know. You made it to the end. We did. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I had my doubts today. My, my pancake gut, you know, just really wasn't feeling it. 
<laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Pancakes and Monster. <laughs> yeah. The but- breakfast of non-champions. <laughs> Buttermilk pancakes and milk stout nitro. Hey, here we go. I did, a, I, did, day. I did drink a, a small portion of that. It wasn't bad, but yeah. uh, hmm. I didn't I didn't despise it. Didn't no. like it a whole lot. Yeah, but. it's okay. It's just okay. Man, I feel like we should be doing more, but you know, we're we're here about an hour. We we got it all done. What else is there to do? We nothing. Did we just solved the people's world's probably made again. it to their destinations by now. Yeah. Now they're thirsty. Hopefully. Well, well, if they're somewhere and they're going to be there for a few hours, then they should drink whatever they want. But yeah, if they're, yeah. you know, they got to get back in the car. It did have gonna... a lounge feel today, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Got the little candle going. Got the, these pretty lights on the DBX 286S oh, yeah. signal processors. Coming at you live. <laughs> this is not a sponsorship from DBX, although if but they want to send me free gear, I will use it because uh, I like it. All right, Paul. That's all I got. Where can they find you? They can find me right here in sunny Chillicothe, Ohio at mgflash.com, Vexton, at Facebook, whatever it is, facebook.com slash Vexton. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but you don't want to read that. Uh, (laughs) Hop on Facebook. Send me a friend request. Listen to my music. Love me. Yeah. You can find me at michaelworth.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-W-A-R. Th. I just love watching Paul's face when I say stuff like that. He's like, he's doing it like a radio announcer. Oh well. Well, we're on the radio. Yeah, you can you can find me there. Anyway, that's all we got. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your art. Enjoy your time. Whatever it is you want to enjoy, go yeah. enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, love it. Have a good one. We'll see you. Bye, Paul. Later.